This is the Hunt, Fish, Conserve podcast, hosted by Ethan Evans and Tyler Swenson. Today we'll be recapping our 2021 cow elk hunt and telling you how it went, what we learned, and what we'll do different next time. Also, we will talk about gear, what we thought about our current gear, and what we might add and change in future years. So just to set the stage a little bit, we applied for Colorado tags and some units that we thought we'd draw. I didn't, I was going to go for a bull tag because Tyler and I both thought at the same time that we probably weren't going to both shoot a bull in the time that we were hunting. So he kind of decided, well, I'll take a cow and then you can put in for the bull. And I looked at like draw odds and stuff and I wasn't actually able to draw the tag that I thought I would, but Tyler was able to draw a cow tag. And this is for a four season hunt, four season rifle hunt in Colorado. So, and go hunt said what? It was like a 25% draw. Yeah. Your draw was like a 25% draw. Yeah. With zero points. Remind you, I had zero points at the time. So, yep. But we bought, you know, we bought a elk point or a, a point for elk at the same time. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was our second choice. So we were able to get an elk point. So it was a pretty good, it was pretty good all around, but we'll just first of all, kind of set the stage. And so I went with Tyler um, to help him assist on the hunt and just kind of get experience. I think anytime you're out hunting, even though you're not carrying a weapon or a tag, it was a good experience. So, yeah. So, I mean, we were, you know, the week leading up to the hunt, I, you know, beforehand I felt like, oh, we're really prepared for this. And then the week leading up to it, it's like, oh shit, you know, this is really happening. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things like when we first, when you first drew it, which I think you got notified like May or whatever. Yeah. It was like one of those things like, oh, we got a bunch of time. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, before you know it, like November was here and we're like, oh, well, here's it. Here it goes, you know? Yeah, I know it. So we, you know, we packed up the truck, packed up what we had, what we thought we needed and we took off on, I can't remember what day it was. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the exact date, but, uh, yeah, we had a truck with a topper. That's the only way I would go from now on. Yeah. It, it was, was nice to keep gear nice and clean and not worried about falling out in the road. So and it was only like a 14 hour drive out there. So yeah, it wasn't that bad. So we got there the day before, uh, the season opened and, and okay, now it was time to find a campground and like, well, before that we stopped in, I think it was Vail. We stopped in Vail, Colorado. Yeah. And Ethan's like, Oh, I got to buy an orange hat. Yeah, I forgot an orange hat of all things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I th- I actually grabbed one, but it was my brother's and it didn't fit me. And <laughs> you think that like it looked every, like a yarmulke? Yeah, Ethan think said everywhere in like Colorado, somewhere would have an orange hat, and like went to like multiple stores. I don't even know what the big one is out there. Murdoch's. Murdoch's. Yeah, I went to Murdoch's, and of course they didn't have an orange hat of all things. But no. I mean, I just couldn't believe we couldn't find an orange hat. Yeah, that was actually crazy. But at least you got a pair of gloves out of it. So it was an all right trip. Yeah, I did get a pair of gloves because I ordered a pair and they didn't come in. That kind of sucked. But I think I got a better pair of gloves out of the deal. But I mean, anyways, like I said, then we were trying to find a campground and I thought that'd be a lot easier. But because it was the fourth season and so late, I think a lot of, well, a couple of the campgrounds we were looking at were closed down. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, don't like make it sound like we didn't do it. Like we did some research on it. Yeah. And like, we were just like, Oh, this one wasn't there. This one wasn't there. And then like our last resort was kind of actually in a pretty good spot really. And it was open. So yeah, it was on some BLM land and, um, it was free at the time, I think because it was so late. Yeah. So 
it really worked out well for us. Yeah. And it was nice too. I mean, we were the only couple of people, I think there was like two other people at the campground. So it was pretty spread out and I don't know, it kind of felt like we had the whole place to ourselves. So, yeah. So we found the campground and then we're like, all right, well, before we set up, you know, we didn't, we didn't think about it, but, or we didn't think about it in advance, but we needed to get some water. So we're like, all right, well, let's just go fill up some water. Like we thought it was going to be that easy. Yeah. We really like underestimated how some of these challenges (laughs) were going to face, but like, yeah, I mean, like we set up with like the campground, the next closest place was like 30 minutes away. And we're like, okay, well, this is like a pretty good sized town, you know, like we'll go to a couple places and we thought maybe they just have like, we didn't really need like the cleanest of water. I mean, I don't really care, you know, <laughs> no, I didn't either. And I just wanted like, can we get a hose, you know, or like, can we just get some water? I mean, we drink out of the hose all the time back home. Like <laughs> I just, cause we had like what a five gallon jug of thing of water. We yeah, wanted to fill five up. or seven, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. We just wanted to fill that up. So we like had enough water for the time we were there. And it's like every place we went, like we went to city hall and they're like, nope went to like a family dollar and they're like, Nope, we don't have anything. And then they told us to check out this one place that like <laughs> it said like it was closed or whatever. So whole story might sound like it's going on and on, but it led up to, uh, we ended up at this grocery store and they had this like filling station that just took forever. Yeah. I was trickling out. So Ethan and I grabbed a couple groceries and we were just sitting there waiting and we were talking to another guy about, I think we were talking about where were you from? Like, Oh, we're from Iowa. And you know, we, we hunt around there, but we drew a tag for Colorado and, and then another guy comes up to us and he's like, Oh, you're from Iowa, huh? We're like, yeah. And he goes, Oh, white tails. Yeah. So let me just start chumming it up with this guy. Well, yeah. And it set the stage. I mean, we were a little hesitant to even talk about people because I've heard about it and you hear about it on forums and stuff. People are like, well, you know, we really hate outstate hunters or yeah. they get a bad rep. And like, I mean, this wasn't the case at all. No. I mean, well. And before that, we met a really nice guy on the side of the road. Yep. And he was willing to talk to us. And then we met a nice, another nice guy fishing and that first guy at that filling station. And then this guy, I mean, he was just really chumming us up. And then, you know, we were talking to him and he goes, oh, all right. And he's like, let me show you some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, he gets out his phone and he was like on his Onyx, you know, kind of like you know, maybe check out this spot, probably wouldn't check out this spot and whatnot, just leading us in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, it broke out, you know, this huge unit into like, I'm very manageable. Like, okay, this seems like it makes more sense now. Cause like me and Tyler didn't really know exactly what we're looking at. And this is something we can also we can talk about, but like we did do our e-scouting and stuff, but like once you get there, it's hard to know like what access is actually open and what isn't. And like, just being able to talk to like a local like that, he's like, okay, well you can park here go up this and then we can, you know, hunt from there. Yeah. I mean, he just really laid it out for us and it turned out that he was staying at a cabin literally right next to our campground. And, yeah. And then the next night, long story short, he, you know, he stopped by to check in on us and that was kind of nice. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't, yeah. So like, and it was one of those things like where it's like, if something really bad happened or, truck were to get stuck or break down like it was kind of nice knowing we had something like that to like rely on yeah definitely but but yeah i mean like this is the people we met like i don't know it made the experience a lot more enjoyable in my opinion that i felt like that really set the stage for how enjoyable that experience was yeah you know that was the first 
I mean, the first thing that happened to us out there. I mean, yeah, we didn't really know exactly what we were getting into. And um, this guy who we kind of became friends with, he was like hunted the area. I don't know how many years, like 15 years or something. Yeah. You know, he's seen it like go in cycles and, you know, the good years, the bad years, you know, and just had some crazy stories to tell about the unit and like, you know, and he wasn't exactly hunting our unit, but he told us about some bulls he's seen and some deer come out of it. And it was just like, wow, you know, it's like pretty cool to hear about like the history of the unit. Yeah. And yeah. Just like kind of see like the overlay and how it's changed and everything. So, yeah. And he had a lot of cool stories to tell us at the dinner, you know, the next night. And uh, like you said, it was just really cool to hear all that. Yeah. And, you know, it was one of those things, like, I think he told us and it's like, I was something we can go into next is like the amount of pressure we saw. Yeah. And, you know, like we were pretty fortunate because like the campground that we were staying at, we asked him, I think he was there at the time and said like, it was just chock full of tents and people there and campers and stuff. Yeah. And second and third rifle season, right? Yep. Second and third rifle because those are all over the counter. Mm-hmm. While fourth was a draw and it was like, damn, like we didn't really see that many people. Yeah. No, we saw what? Four hunters total. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And one was hunting elk. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty damn good. It was pretty damn good. Yeah. Another thing too, I remember uh, I posted on a forum and this guy Tyler actually kind of worried. Remember when I posted that about four season? Yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah. yeah we posted about four season. And everybody's like, well, you better know what you're doing. And like, yeah, but you know, what, what did you say? Didn't you say something to the lines of like, oh, you know, oh, just looking for a couple tips, you know, we're new to backcountry hunting and. Um, we're going rifle season out in Colorado, you know, like kind of like, what do you guys think? Yeah. And that one guy. Yeah. He was just like, Oh, I can't, well, you remember exactly what he said. It was something to the lines of, I think that, cause Ethan, I remember you texting me and you're like, gosh, I don't remember what you said, but you're like, had to, it might sound, you know, it sounds like it might be kind of rough. Yeah. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, check that forum out. So I checked it out and yeah, that guy said something to the lines of like, oh, it's going to be really, really brutal. And you know, the snow's tough and given it was a different year, but he said like, oh, the snow's tough and you know, it's just, it's just really brutal and cold out there. And he said something to the lines of like, I don't know if you guys are ready, yeah, but good luck. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good way to sum it up. And I think that was something that like, it kind of took Ty and I back and it made us like rethink our gear, which is, which was good. Yeah. But, you know, I think we were kind of, and then once we get there and we're like, damn, I think we had like, it was like, honestly, like nicer there than it was back home. It was, it was warmer yeah. in Colorado than it was in Iowa. And there wasn't any snow. And like, honestly, what Ty and I were most worried about was like, I mean, we didn't really drive around the mountains much. Yeah. So just like being able to maneuver on the mountains and like, you know, n- nobody likes getting stuck. I didn't want to get stuck, you know, 10 times in a day and we're not hunting and we're shoveling. <laughs> no. Cause the first day. We showed up, we showed up to this trailhead Yeah, and it looked pretty rough. And like they said, I think the guy we met at the grocery store, I think he said like it was a four wheeling trail and you know, we really, I really didn't know what that exactly meant Yeah, because I've never drove on those trails before. Yeah. Well, like, where you're like, well, maybe it's just like a four wheel drive trail or something. <laughs> yeah. We just thought like, oh, we got four wheel drive. We'll make it up there. Yeah. So we're traveling up and. It, it like lightly dusted the night before. And I, I don't know if it's because the air is so thin and whatnot, but you know, it melted a little bit, but like, as soon as it was padded down, it was like ice. Yeah. So you were driving and we were, you know, we were riding up this 
we're driving up the mountain yep. on this path that had these big ass ruts and big ass rocks. And let me say for maybe someone listening, you know, like we're from Iowa and never experienced something like that before. So we get up kind of, we kind of flatten out a little bit and Ethan's like, what do you think, Ty? And I'm like, I don't know. I think I wanted to go for it more than you did. Well, but. you're like, oh, I'll drive. And then you like drove a little bit and you're like, damn, this is kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Cause like, what did that one guy say? He's like, yeah, man. He was from Kansas. He's like, man, Colorado, Kansas got something different. And I was like, I looked at him. He's like, damn, we think about roads way differently. And I was like, yeah, they don't, what they call a road in Colorado is not what a road is in Iowa. <laughs> no, definitely not. And even another <laughs> local there that we met, I think he did drive all the way up there, but yeah. he was coming off the mountain and we were hiking off the mountain. And he said something to the lines of like, is that your red Dodge up there? And we're like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you probably wouldn't have made it up. Yeah. So that kind of made me feel better about it. Yeah. It was definitely like, a, I don't know how long of it was a mile walk up there. I can't remember how far it was. It was a mile. It wasn't bad, but if, you know, if we had a little better tires, I have no doubt that truck would have made it up there. Yeah. But like sometimes you said like we had rut and there was like, sometimes your truck would have been sitting like totally sideways about it. Yeah. It would have just been like got a little gnarly. It for, was very unfamiliar. Yeah. But I don't know. It was one of those things. I think we did the smart thing and I think we just thought about like, we'd rather be hunting than like, trying to get a tow truck to get our truck out or something. Yeah. So, but anyways, you know, we hiked that mile up and from where we parked the truck and we found a pretty good glassing spot. Um, and I don't know, we just kind of sat in glass the whole day and cause it was a long hike up there. It was, I don't know what, two hours or something like that. Oh yeah. There's a lot of elevation gain and yeah, we were still going to get acclimated to the thin air. Yeah, that too. I forgot to talk about that because when we first got there, I don't know about you, but it was like hard holding a conversation. It was, yep. Because I was like trying to catch my breath at the same time I was trying to talk. Yeah. It felt like, yeah, like felt like every like, and then like when you're hiking, like every step you were making, it was like, it was like you were taking like a breath before you knew it, you know? So we found that first glassing spot and, you know, there was a lot of elk sign there. I mean, there was elk scat all over the place and. We even found a previous cow elk that was shot there, just the skeleton of it. And, um, was it our first day when we saw that mule deer? Yep. It was our first day. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if it was you or me, but I think Ethan was like, I think you were cooking up some tea or something like that. Yeah, I think it was. And I was like, holy shit. And you're like, what? Yeah. And there was this mule deer. He was what? Like 10 yards away. Yeah, like 10 yards. Yeah. Just walking by us like it was nobody's business. Yeah. And like, yeah, like they were rutting then. They were just like, you know, didn't give a care in the world. Like they were probably on a doe trail just trying <laughs> yeah. to find her, you know? And like, you can talk about like what you did. Like what? you stood, you stood up and you were like, giving like, er. oh hey. yeah. Yeah. Cause I was trying to take a picture of him. Yeah. So I, I stood up with my phone and I was like, man, trying to stop it. And I would like increasingly get louder and louder and he would, he didn't stop at all. No. Yeah. He kept moving. He was raking on trees. He didn't care. Yeah. We got a good, we got a good, pretty good picture of him. I don't know if we posted that. Um, yeah. We'll have to post that. Yeah. We'll have to post that, but I don't know. Pretty cool experience for our first day. Yeah. Was that the first day too? I had my spotting scope. Well, you're like, damn, what's that down there? And like way at the bottom of the mountain. And you're like, damn, what is that? And this is a huge herd. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's probably what? four miles away or whatever. And yeah. we're like, you look at the, we're like, Oh, I can't tell. So I get my spotting scope out 
And next thing we know, it's just like, what was it? Like 70, 80 sheep are just down there. Yeah. And we're like, are you serious? Like <laughs> yeah. we just see a bunch of huge rams and everything. And we're like, God damn it. Like you're telling me we found sheep before we found elk. And <laughs> I thought it was going to be kind of difficult. And we were like way higher than the sheep. I mean, the sheep were down really low, like where the road was at. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Because they were so far away. It was, it was even kind of hard to tell uh, what they were through a spotting scope. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you're sitting on top of a mountain, it was just it was just mind blowing, like how far you could really see. Yeah, it was. Just yeah. with a naked eye. Yeah. You know, something we've really never experienced before because, you know, there's a tree or something blocking your vision down the way yeah. standing in Iowa. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty cool. You know, I mean, we're. You know, in Iowa, we have we're, we have some decent public land around us, but it's nothing like out there. Yeah. When you have these just huge, you know, thousands of acres, they're just like, damn, like this is all public, you know, and yeah. you're able to hunt and walk on it whenever you want. So that was pretty overwhelming too. I will say like e-scouting and, you know, I think it was because of our first time, you know, like we didn't gain a full perspective of how vast the land was actually going to be just the two units we were able to hunt. Yep. But I don't know about you, but I got here and it's like, wow, we have this much land to cover. Yeah. And we really only covered what? One unit the whole time? Yeah. I think we kind of. Well, you look at the map too and we're like, damn, this looks kind of small. You know, like it doesn't look that big on the map. Yeah. The unit we actually ended up hunting the whole time. And I mean, yeah, we saw like a fraction of it, you know. I mean, the second day. Well, yeah. we better back up a little bit. What? We didn't talk about camp at all. Oh. I forgot about camp. <laughs> so yeah, we finally get that water here and we get back and we're like, all right, we're going to set up the wall tent. And it was getting a little later than we wanted to set up. Yeah, it was. It's probably like what, an hour, hour and a half before. It took, it took us a lot longer finding water and finding a campground. Yeah. So like an hour, hour and a half before sunlight and we we're setting up this, we set, got a wall tent and the wall tent was from Walmart and I don't know, you can tell me what you thought about it, but I thought it was a pretty good wall tent. I thought it was pretty damn good for yeah. The yeah. price we paid for it. Yeah. The, yeah. The price and you know what we had. So there was a, the frame and the wall tent. I think it was like total was like 400 and I had some discount codes. So it wasn't too bad, but we get there and it's like been perfectly calm all beautiful day. day. Beautiful day. It's beautiful. And as soon as we, we set the frame up, like we did everything like you're supposed to, like we set it up back home. We knew how it was supposed to go back together. As soon as I bring that, like that canvas material out, the wind just like gush, just goes, and like next thing you know like we're setting that thing on and like it is just like we're just wrestling <laughs> with the thing all over and like ty at one point like ty was on the inside or outsider and i was on the other side and we didn't see what we each other doing but we just you just hear the wind coming and just tie and i'm just like what do we do and you're like <laughs> i don't know and we're just like i was like and then i remember i asked you later i was like what were you doing with that happened and you're like I don't know. I was just holding her <laughs> and I was like, I was just doing the same. I didn't yeah. know what to do. Cause I remember, yeah, it was, I think you said to me, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I go, I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, It was something like that. Yeah. Because I mean, this thing was like a giant kite and <laughs> if it would have been a couple miles per hour faster, I thought we were going to blow away. Like yeah. us hanging on to the tent. Yeah. I mean, it was brutal. Yeah, here's like two full, full grown guys just like about ready to get blown off the fucking mountain by this wall tent. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like we were lucky to like finally get it fitted around. And then like you were enough, you were able to like get the guy lines figured out. Yeah. And like lucky enough to get those out. But then we had to put the floor in and it just like literally man. until we got the guidelines out, I was afraid it was blowing away. Yeah. 
And like, I don't know what we would have done. This is supposed to be home for the rest of the week. Like, <laughs> and it's about to blow away. It's already a blow away. And like, I just remember like once we finally got settled down and once we finally get like, once you finally put like the last guy line down, I'm pretty sure like the wind quit. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. And we, we set these like, we literally set out and just found these giant like <laughs> rocks. Yeah. Then I'm like sitting like, I was literally like shoveling dirt to like put on our tent to like try to stop it. And like, man, we just tried like everything to get that thing to like settle down. And I don't know about you, Ty, but the first day we left and we came back and I was like, God, I thought the whole way home. I was like, hope that tent's there. Actually, when we left, <laughs> I was praying to God <laughs> that our tent was going to be there when yeah. we got back. I was actually kind of worried about it. Yeah. Cause we got back at night and like, we didn't know until we were like, you know, 20, 30 feet away when the lights were shining on it, that the tent was still there. So yeah. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so like, when we got back and that tent was still there, that was nice. But yeah, it was a 10 by 12 tent. It was probably a little crammed, honestly. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. And it wasn't, but it wasn't horrible. We probably could have set it up better. We were pretty stupid a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, but we had two cots in there, sleeping bag, you know, we had a little table in there to like cook and put random shit on. And I just think the biggest thing is we brought, you brought those two chairs. <laughs> They were awesome the first night. Yeah. We just sat down, you know, chatted a little bit, bullshit a little bit and drank a couple tuckies. Yeah. And they were fun to sit in. And, but then the nights afterwards, we were just so tired. Yeah. It was make food and go to bed. Yeah. So then we had a wood stove in there and I mean, there was a couple things we learned about wood stoves then too. <laughs> yeah, we did. So, I mean, we'll take those, you know, and I think. I think, you know, we just, we learned some stuff and we, we, you know, it was like one of those things where it was pretty nice out the whole time we were there. I mean, we got a little cold, mm-hmm. but it was like nothing that we, it was a good learning experience throughout, you know, and I, yeah. I love the wall tent camping now that we know more about it. Yes, I do too. And even the whole trip, you know, it was just very, very humbling experience overall, I yeah. would say. Yeah. I mean, it felt pretty cool. I mean, like, I don't know. I like going back to camp every night. Yeah. And like, I, I know too. some guys like going back to the cabins or the hotels. It's like. Honestly, it just felt nice, like going back to camp and it was our camp. And yeah, I know it. I mean, it, once you have the stuff, yeah, it gets pretty cheap. Obviously it's probably going to be one of our most expensive trips just because of all the gear we needed to buy. But like you said, you know, not having to go back to a cabin or hotel. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a lot nicer. You know, it's already warm when you get there, but I don't know. I just like the experience behind the wall tent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was nice. I mean, every night we got out of a warm truck and you got cold pretty quick, but like, I would unload the truck. Ty would start the fire. And, you yeah. know, like by the time we were kind of all settled in, like the fire would be rolling and then we'd be cooking. Then before you knew it, it was time for bed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I really loved the whole camping experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, honestly, like we got buying a pretty cheap setup for a camp setup. And I think so. I mean, that's probably the most extreme that I would probably do that tent. You know, like, I mean, I don't know what other hunt you do besides a four season hunt. Yeah, definitely. Pretty good there. And I don't know. The only thing I would say is that the first night when it was windy and those, and it was got you had earplugs in, but I didn't put mine in. Yeah. And that wind was just, it would hit that fucking tent and you would just, I felt like I was like, well, hopefully we don't lose it. That's the first thing I thought of. And then the next thing I know, it just sounded like it's so loud because that slapping of the tent. Well, I will say I had my earplugs in, but the, a couple of times in the night I'd wake up because the wall of the tent was banging on my head <laughs> because the wind was so bad. Yeah, I think we could have maybe like tightened it up a little more, but I mean, that's the only time we, that was probably the only thing we really had that was a negative, but. Yeah, I was pretty rocked after we got done wrestling. Yeah. That tent. 
but yeah, like going like, you know, like Tyler said, like after first day, like, I don't know how many, I think we hiked like what, five miles that day. The second day the or first, the first day? day? Yeah. I think it was two and a half miles up and yeah. two and a half miles back. Yeah. So, you know, five miles. So then when I mean, we were pretty beat at this time and yeah, you know, like all right shape, but nothing crazy. And it was like, we just not used to doing that every day with the thin air and everything. So. No. And one thing I told Ethan too, that I didn't tell him before the hunt, but I think I told you like after the first day. I didn't want to tell Ethan this right away, but I was like, you know what, Ethan? He was like, what? I was like, this is the first time I've ever had anything in this pack. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we did, we did pretty good. Yeah, we did really good. I think it's one of those things and this is like my, be like my ending point, but I can talk about now. It's like, we didn't really know what we were doing, but I had a hell of a good time. <laughs> yeah. And we learned a lot. Yeah. But yeah, like after the first day, we can kind of recap. I mean, we had way too much shit in our packs. Oh, way too much shit and like i was like, like i didn't ever yours think, was literally exploding yeah like i didn't ever think my pack like felt heavy you know when i was carrying it around but when i would put it like into the truck i was like what the fuck am i carrying in here <laughs> yeah. and like that was one thing like first thing we got back to that camp that first night where you're like we're like gonna figure out what we need and what we don't need yeah especially like with two guys like tyler had the tag i didn't need to carry a game back uh-huh like worst case, I kept him in the truck and we had to go, you get some more, you know, yeah. once we pack some meat out or something crazy, mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't need my spotting scope or like this and that, you know, just little things. And you can talk about some of the stuff that you took out too, but I was like a lot of extra stuff where I was like, damn, I didn't need not need this this whole time. Or like, I looked at it, I was like, I didn't need that. I didn't use this at all today. I was like, well, I don't need it tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And I think too, at the same time, like we were fully prepared for there to be snow and it to be really cold and the wind blowing on us too. So like I had some puffy pans packed and I had, I had the Sika Hudson jacket, which adds a little insulation, but, but is great for breaking wind at the same time. Yep. And I think I dropped, those were two of the biggest things that I dropped cause they did take up a lot of space. Yeah. I went down to a lighter puffy and I dropped my puffy pants and was like, I felt, it felt really nice, you know? That is definitely a big thing we learned very, very quick is, you know, like I think you said we packed up the night before and, you know, you kind of looked at me and I was like, wow, it's kind of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, and this is supposed to be a day pack. Yeah. <laughs> we were, I mean, we were packed for the day, but we probably had way too much shit. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, I was like, you know, I didn't need to bring, like I, for some reason had two fuel canisters. I didn't need two fuel canisters or no, you, you know, just like really like we were like fortunate enough that the truck was only a two mile hike back and like worst case it happened we went and got something you know like yeah we didn't need to worry about like some life altering event happening you know yeah so i think that was something we learned and like going to the next day i felt like we were lighter on our feet and like i don't know it felt better for sure i did yeah so we went back to the we we went back to the same area the next day we didn't go to the same spot yep but we went to or hiked off to the right of the trail, I think, the first day. And then the second day, there was there was a lot to see on the left side. A lot of little fingers to look up in to, you know, see if there's any elk bedded down in there or whatnot. So we spent our morning over there kind of glassing all those fingers. Yeah, this was probably the coldest morning for sure. It was. It was so cold, my Nalgene bottle was froze by the time we got to the spot. Yeah. And this was the day, and like Tyler and I were like, kind of like, okay. You know, we got the gear figured out, camp set up, like we're really like focused on hunting. At least I felt like I was like more focused on hunting the second day as soon as it came out, you know? Oh, forgot one thing. What's that? 
The first day, Ethan forgot his adapter to his binoculars. Yeah, I was so, so pissed. <laughs> if you can imagine how much glassing he was doing, it was little. <laughs> it was very little. Yeah, I found a way to like somehow like Jerry rig my spotting scope on there, but it was just still so unshaky. So I brought that up because the second day, I do think you were more tuned in. Yeah, I was more tuned in. As well as, you know, because we already had everything set up and, you know, it's kind of finally like everything was adding up, but Ethan had his adapter. Yep. That was true. And that's one thing I'm going to double check next time we go. <laughs> yeah. But like when I got there, it was like one of those things where it's like, you were like kind of asking me and we were balancing ideas off of like, well, where are the elk, you know? Cause at this point we like Tyler said, we haven't seen the elk and you know, I like, God, we're in Colorado, you know, like everybody's like, well, they're going to be low cause it's four season and like. Everything we read about elk was not adding up at this point. At least to me, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. So we, you know, like you said, we bounced some ideas and we did a little e-scouting of what our next move is. And we picked out a pretty good spot. That yep. was the second day, right? Yep. Yeah. We picked out a pretty good spot. Yeah. So we found this second spot and it was, I don't know, it was probably another 20 minutes the opposite way or something like that. So we went to the spot and we hiked in and we didn't really see much but it was it was a heck of a hike where we went yeah i mean we were totally off trail there was a road that kind of led up to like you know the first quarter of the hike and then it kind of ended and you weren't able to drive up that quarter of the road anyways it was a nice road but they blocked it i think it kind of kept a lot of pressure off it yeah and then the way that tyler and i went was totally off trail and totally uphill it was a pretty brutal hike. There's sage all over. I mean, there wasn't a good way to go. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest reason was we had to walk around a lot of private yeah. to get to this spot. I mean, there was just a, like a small little almost hallway between. It wasn't that small, but like if you're looking at Onyx, it looks that small. But walking through between two pieces of private. Yeah. And we, we got through there and like Tyler and I were like, like it looked like good country because we kind of knew like, well, no people are here. And it looked good from Onyx. Yeah, too. it looked really good from Onyx. So we got to our first spot and we were kind of, you know, kind of taking a breath, taking a really good break and settling into the spot a little bit because I think we were already, I don't know, probably a mile, mile and a half in at this point. We already hiked up a thousand feet. Yeah. And Ethan and I were sitting there and it was kind of a cliff below us and we were kind of sitting right on the cliff and glassing a little bit. And I, well, because there was a ridge there and you're like, well, let's see what's over that ridge because we kind of thought it would like go out to a bowl. Yeah. And then like we get up there, like you said, and like you're like, there's another ridge yeah. that was even taller than the one we were on. Yeah. So I think I was saying to you, I was like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to walk, hike over there. And you're like, well, let's go. You know, it can't take that long. You know, that's kind of what we thought. And we started hiking and it got steep really, really quick. Yeah, that was a brutal hike. It looked like a little old hill that we were just going to go up and hike. We thought it'd take, what, an hour to get over there? Yeah. It took an hour and a half. It probably, no, I think it took more like two hours. Yeah, at least. To get over there. And as a crow flies, it was probably, what, 400 yards away? Yeah. And we should have rained trying to just to check it out. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like by the time I got up there, cause you were a lot faster than me. By the time I got up there, it was like dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we still had a good, what, 40 minutes. Yeah. To, but given 40 minutes till it was like pitch black, we didn't want to be yeah stuck up on there because it was a really steep, steep hike. Yeah. Going down. Yeah. Yeah. Going up and down. And, but we were able to see into some new country. 
because this is kind of the last bridge that was then into like a bowl. Yeah. You kind of picked out another spot and you're like, that was, you know, farther away. And you're like, okay, this would be a really good spot. And mm-hmm. we kind of be able to check the whole bowl out. Yeah. In between the two ridges. And cause to put it in perspective, like I said, there was kind of like a hallway you could say. And we were like right on the edge of that where it opened up into national forest land. And yeah, I think we both decided like, oh yeah, that would be a pretty good glassing spot. So we packed it in that night, got back and we were pretty beat. Yeah. Because it was total of like seven miles that day. And yeah, the first spot on the first day, we saw a lot of people just to recap and we saw, we just, nobody was seeing elk. Yeah, because the winter was pretty light, so it wasn't pushing them down like they thought they would. So, like going to this spot, we just kind of knew, like, hey, you know, like nobody's really back here, so let's just like bust our ass back there and let's just get somewhere where nobody is, and you know, maybe we'll see some elk. You know, yeah. So it was. I think it ended up being three and a half miles into the glassing spot. Yeah. So we're hiking, and Ethan made the terrible decision to like let me lead where we're going. Yeah, because I mean, this was like the one thing, I think the one thing we both learned was like, Tyler had elk on his mind, which was good reason. Yeah. And you thought like, we're going to bulldoze our way to that glassing spot. And like, you know, I don't want to add an extra like quarter of a mile to go a better route. And it, you know, this is obviously like what you were thinking, like during it. Yeah. And like, I could have said something too, but like, I just wanted to get to that glass spot too. Cause like, you know, you wanted that three and a half miles to go as fast as you could. And you yeah. thought going that most direct route would be the best way. We're on like it was like we we're on a trail we we're on that road and then we had to hike probably a mile until we got onto another trail yeah that led off some private into public so we got on that trail and that trail ended into like this um i think they graze cattle on the national forest land i think is what it was yeah which another thing too you know i was kind of nervous about i was just like Okay, I know this is public, but why is there a fence here? Why is there a fence and a fence gate? Yeah. Yeah. And a cattle, there's cattle guards and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, anyways, we're hiking in and there's these big ravines and I was like, oh, it doesn't look too bad. Yeah. So we made it over the first one just fine. And I think we made it over the second one just fine. And then it was like the third one. And then we had to hike up a little bit to get to our spot. And I hiked through and. I think I even told you, I was like, yeah, it was pretty sketchy. Yeah. And then you start going and I think you slip. Yep. And trekking poles are broke. Yeah. That was pretty bad. I mean, that was like, well, good thing I had a trekking pole. So I mean, like paying, you know, 50 bucks for trekking poles is a lot cheaper than paying a doctor bill to get us out of there. So, I mean, I did break my trekking pole. I I mean, I had to use a support and like I get home and like my girlfriend, Sydney's just like, well, you're not supposed to use them as support. And I was like, God, I was like, <laughs> obviously I didn't want to use them like that, yeah. you know, yeah. but like you had no other option. Yeah. And like, I was lucky enough that I was able to put that down because if I would have put my arm down, you know, it could have broke or uh-huh. nothing worse could have happened. But Tyler was enough to like Jerry rig them back together. Cause I was still kind of flustered from falling. <laughs> yeah. You, you almost wouldn't like give them to me because <laughs> you were so frustrated with falling. But yeah, we made, we taped them up and they, they worked pretty good for the rest of the trip. I don't know about you, Ty, but like that was probably one of my favorite gear pieces. Cause like some guys are like, and maybe this comes with more time, but like they're more hardcore and they're like, well, we don't want to use trekking poles. We want to save weight, you know? Or some guys are like, well, just walk and you know, why do you need trekking poles? I was like, yeah, dude, using those trekking poles was like, I loved them. Yeah. I loved them. Yeah. Hiking up and hiking down, I mean, the mountainside. Yeah. 
I mean, it just, I think it makes you go faster almost. Think, yeah, it does. It kind of lets you get in a rhythm or like a cadence. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. So yeah, to keep going yeah, after that, like a whole scenario. And after that went down, like we kind of like recollected and I don't know what do we have like a mile left to that glass in point. Yeah. I think a mile left after we got after out of that last thing finger ravine whatever we were in and man like by the time we got to that point like ah, i was so happy to sit down because we still had to go uphill again and <laughs> yeah we did yeah so we finally make it to our glassing point and that was that was actually i think the most fun day oh yeah where we were just sitting you know having a good time and just relaxing glassing i mean we had thousands of acres to view from where we were we were like in the bottom of this bowl yep and we didn't see a single soul Nobody came through. And it, I mean, it was one of those things where it, it kind of taught me a lot about like glass in that day. It did. Cause like we were able to glass such a big country and that was the only thing we had to do. I would say that, you know, you, you said to me at one point, you're like, God, maybe we're just glassing wrong. And I think I said to you, well, how could we be glassing wrong? <laughs> yeah. It's looking through a pair of binoculars. Yeah. But we found out pretty quick, quickly. We were glassing wrong. Yeah, we were. Yeah. We were just, I think we were just going over land way too fast. Yep. And I, you spotted the first, well, I spotted a lot with my naked eye, but I mean, I'm not going to count that because it wasn't through binoculars by any means, but. Yeah. I think you're almost, you were almost better with your naked eye than binoculars there. <laughs> I so. spotted more wildlife with my naked eye and it wasn't just like, there's a mule deer in plain sight. It was a long ways away where I'd be like, gosh, that kind of looks different. And I'd look through my binoculars and yeah, there's a mule deer standing there. Yeah, that one I spotted from a long ways away. It was hard for you to like, it was hard for me to see it after I told you about it. And then it was hard for you to even see it. But yeah, we spotted some yield deer pretty far away. And then like you kind of kept saying, which was right. And you're like, God, like elk are going to be herded up. You know, like mm-hmm. gonna, we're not really just going to see like one lone elk. Yeah. And like it was one of those things like we just, we literally looked all day. And like, I don't know, at some point, I mean, it was, I was still having a lot of fun, but I was like, God. We're on our third day and we haven't seen an elk yet. I was kind of losing hope a little bit. And I think, I bet you were too, you know, you're like, yeah, I mean, I was still having a great time. It was awesome. But, but yeah. And then you to lighten the mood, you go, all right, Ty, whoever, uh, whoever sees the first elk gets a case of beer. So <laughs> I was like, all right. So it was game on, you know, we were glassing hard. Yeah. I think we both wanted that case of beer. It was, I mean, we just got done hiking three and a half miles. We were thirsty. Sounded pretty good. But, you know, we didn't see, we didn't see crap the whole day. We saw meal deer, but everything but an elk. You know, we just sat up there, had a good time. We melted some snow in a contractor bag and melted some snow in your jet boil. Just try it out. Not that we needed to. Yep. But just try it out. And then it was, you know, darkness was hitting us pretty quick at this point. So Ethan was spotting. Ethan was kind of spotting to the left. Again, I don't know what direction it was. Yeah. But he was kind of um, glassing to the left and I was kind of glassing to the right. I mean, you were glassing that left spot like the whole day. Yeah. It looked so good. Like it just like <laughs> looked like it just made sense, you know? Yeah. And I was just really picking apart this right side. And then I think we were, you were packed. We were both packing up. Yeah. Well, I think I already had my stuff packed up and you were still glass and you're kind of being, you know, you weren't picking up stuff as fast as me. Thank God. But you were like, all right, let's go. So you're packing stuff up. And I, I go elk. Yeah. You're like, no way. There was 40 elk coming over. There was 
I think there's 60 or 70 yeah. elk coming over the ridge, like two miles away. Yep. Yeah. And I was just like, no way. And like, again, Tyler was not using binoculars at this point. <laughs> no. <laughs> he just literally looked like, he was like brown thing over there. And it's like <laughs> yeah. bigger than a deer. It looks like an elk, you know? And we're like, I was like, oh my God, no way he saw an elk. <laughs> like I was literally looking at the spot all day. Yeah. And I actually talked about that. I think that's like looking back in the time, something that we should have did was maybe switch spots. Yeah. After a while. Cause like, you know, I was kind of looking at the same spots and maybe it would have been better if we got both this fresh perspective on things. But yeah. We could have maybe picked something. They could have been there the whole day, you know, bedding down in there. Yep. And we didn't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that could have definitely helped. But I mean, anyways, we found them at this point. Yeah. And, and we like, still had one day left. Like I told Ty, I was like, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about hunts they go on and they don't see an elk. And I was like, we just saw elk, you know, like that's a pretty big achievement, you know? Yeah. And another thing to bring up, I only... 44 elk, I think, yeah. Onyx said, got harvested in this unit alone each year. Yeah, I think that was cow and bull, so. Cow and bull. Yeah. Every hunting season there is, right? Yep. So, I mean, I thought we were doing pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, when you put it in that perspective, some, just some guys who don't know what they're doing from Iowa. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, you start off, like, basically just running after those elk. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't know how far, I mean, they what? Two, three miles away at this point. Yeah, which, I mean, we didn't really see that Yeah, where we were looking, but I think we were just so amped up about elk. I was like, oh, I'm going after them. Because your stuff was already packed. I was like, Ty, you go, you know, and like, we kind of set up a quick plan. We were like, okay, I'll flag you in, you know. Yeah. So then you were like kind of going and then you kind of start walking because it's still like, we had a lot of like a plateau before you got to the mountain. Yeah. And And I, I don't know what you were thinking, but I was like, I was like, Damn, that's kind of farther than I thought <laughs> yeah. when I saw Ty walking. On well, it. Once I got into all the junipers, yeah, it was like, gosh, this is really, really far away. Yep. Like I thought, oh, it's just like a hundred yards and then I'll start hiking up the mountain. Yeah. But no, I just, it was like juniper after juniper after juniper. And it's like, it kept getting, it seemed like it kept getting further and further. Yeah. I mean, out there, what you might think is a little ways to walk or hike turns into like, Four times of what you thought I felt like. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So anyways, didn't make it. I came to the conclusion that it's going to be dark by the time I make it up to him. And, you know, it wouldn't be shooting light. So I thought, well, we'll just make a plan for tomorrow and then hike in in the morning. Yeah, that was definitely one of those things. And I don't think we could have camped on National Forest Land. We could have camped on the BLM. Yeah. And like looking back on it, it would have been maybe nice if we would have had a camp set up or if you would have had, I'm not saying we would have been able to do this, but if you, I could see why some people want the wall tent set up right there. Yeah. Because we would have saved a lot of time hiking back and forth, but it was just something we had to do. So Mm -hmm. I think definitely in hindsight, maybe we should have something just in case we need to set something up or, you know, cause we easily could have camped out on that. Cause that BLM was, I don't know, it was probably like, half a mile from where we were yeah it wasn't very far at all yeah and like the worst part of the hike today is kind of getting to that and edge of that blm land so yeah it was but anyways we hiked in there another three and a half miles yeah and we got to the glassing point and i could see the elk so i was this is the fourth day yeah yeah fourth day yep yep so i was waiting for ethan to catch up and then he caught up and i think i said you know like we kind of made a plan where it's like, I'm going to go get them. You sit here and flag them. Yeah. And we both decided on that. 
And I, it was, I looked at my Onyx and it was two and a half miles up to where they were. Yeah. Cause these guys were basically still at the top of the ridge. Yeah. Yeah. We were sitting at about, I don't know, 9,500 feet. Yeah. And they were up another thousand and some feet yep. up on the mountain. And the reason why it was so many miles, because it was kind of, I kind of had to wind through them to get up there, but right, I went up some pretty gnarly shit because there was elk on my mind. You know, I wasn't thinking about, it was stupid, but I wasn't thinking about getting hurt or anything. I yeah. was just like, I'm going to shoot that elk. So I got up there and I knew I was getting close. So I was kind of creeping along and all of a sudden I hear cows calling at each other and sticks breaking. I was like, oh, they're right over here. So I kind of creep my head up and all of a sudden there's like 50 cows looking at me like, who the hell are you? And I was like, whoa, you know, I've never been this close to a wild elk before. Yeah. So I froze and then slowly went down and my heart was beating so fast. I looked through my scope just to, you know, see if everything looked right. And it was, it was shaking so bad. But anyways, long story short, like these elk were kind of, you know, they were doing what elk do. They're playing and jumping on top of each other. And the little spikes were kind of fighting a little bit. And there was one shot where I was like, oh, I have a perfect shot, but I couldn't see its head. But I was like, oh, I better wait just in case. And thank God I did because it was a little spike. It had like, I don't know, I think it had like four inches on its head of antler or something like that. But given I was in the middle of the woods, so it was really hard to gain an opportunity at shooting at one elk when there's 40 other ones 10 yards from you you know, without them seeing that movement and spooking them. But there was one time where there was one other shot that I had where I could have shot, but it would have been pretty unethical because there was kind of three elk or two elk behind this one. So I just, you know, I just didn't want to take that shot with chances of injuring those other elk. Yeah. Well, I remember one thing we talked about, they talked about was like, we were kind of cocky going there. We're like, well, the only problem we might have is like if they start herding or there's too many elk by each other. And like that kind of did prove to be actually a little bit of a problem for you. I just thought there's no way that there isn't going to be one elk. Yeah. You know, that I can shoot. But given, like I said, I think it was because the problem was is I was in the middle of the woods and there was 40 elk standing around me. Mm-hmm. None of them knew I was in there because the wind was perfect for me. Well, that is something interesting you said though. It's like, you know, I think when people think like, you know, deer or elk go bed down, like they're not, they're just bedding down. Like they were just kind of in the trees to like get away from like, you know, plain sight, but mm-hmm. they were still doing like elk things, which was kind of cool for you to see. Yeah. Like still making little cow calls and noises and. Yep. Yep. And there was some nice bulls, a couple nice bulls in there. There was a really nice five by five bull in there. And, um, I think he was about the biggest, which. You know, isn't huge, but yeah, biggest thing I've ever seen. It, it was probably pretty good for the unit we were in. You yeah, know, it's not a trophy bull unit at all. So, yeah, I mean, it was something I definitely would have taken yeah. if I had a bull tag. But, anyways, they went up to bed. They climbed up the mountain to go to bed, and then I kind of ventured out a little bit. And you know, Ethan, we set up a plan where Ethan was going to be flagging and stuff, and. You couldn't see me for a really long time. No, I couldn't. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't actually the whole day. I hardly, I don't think I saw you once. Wow. Yeah. Cause I mean, like 
And you know, like granted, we were wearing orange, like blaze orange, because it was rifle hunting and firearms. But I still wasn't able to see. Like it was just like one of those things. Like everybody thinks blaze orange is easy to see, but I don't know when you got that much country to look at it. It's not. When the first time I like saw Ethan, I was glassing at him because he was supposed to be flagging a little bit and binoculars on him, and he was literally getting in the <laughs> process of getting ready for a nap. Yeah, because this morning we got up really early. Was it like four four thirty or something? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, by the time I got there, I was like tired. And I was like, well, I can't see Ty. So I was like, I'll just take a nap. <laughs> you were like actively making your little nap spot laying down. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I thought, you know what I thought would wake me up? What? Shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. But so anyways, I was like, well, he's sleeping. So I, I kind of hiked around the mountain a little bit and I saw some some elk that must have been down further and they were slowly climbing up and if they would have kept coming at the up the ridge i would have had a really really great shot at them but they like were side hilling it uh earlier than i thought they would so i didn't get a shot at them but followed them over there and i i think i hiked up like another 200 feet or something like that just to check out what it looked like and didn't like it. So I came back down and I ate lunch and I was like, wow, it's a good spot. But I was like, well, I don't know, maybe I should go set up for where they came over the ridge the night before, which proved to be wrong because they came from the bottom up. Yeah. Elk just doing elk things, you know? Yeah. Cause I was sitting there, I was set up and these guys were glassing at me and I was like, kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I'm up here, you know, I was showing myself, but Pretty sure they were just glassing all the elk below <laughs> me. And I had no idea. Yeah. So like I kind of sat at the bottom of the mountain and I watched him for a while. Then I kind of lost track of the elk. And about like 3.30, I was like, well, time must be on him or something. Or like maybe the elk moved and Ty's following him. I was like, maybe I better move. Yep. So I keep like kind of going where we kind of glassed and where they at, at the other day because it allowed for me to see more side of the mountain. And by the time I get, I look up with my naked eye and I'm like, looks like elk up there. And I get my binoculars out and I'm like, holy shit, there's like 60, 70 elk, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, three quarters away down the, they're like a quarter way down the mountain or whatever you want to look at it. But they were kind of lower than what we thought. And I like didn't know where Ty was and I couldn't find them still. But I was like, they were kind of just like starting to go back to bed at this point. And I was like, that's a fuck ton of elk. And they were <laughs> yeah. almost like walking in single file line. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Ty must be somewhere. He doesn't see these or what? I was like, I don't know why he doesn't shoot one of these. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, everything looks easier from when you're down from my perspective. But. Yeah, because everything up there is just like you really can't see that far around you because either there's some trees in the way or a little bit of a hill, you know, blocks your eyesight. Yeah. Well, plus you're also either looking, you know, kind of looking down and looking up, you know. Yeah. Or like I had a lot of, I had a really big vantage to look at everything. Yeah. So, I mean, long story short, I was in the wrong spot. Yeah. And I think there was like 15 minutes left to shooting light and I started hearing cows calling below me. So I was like, oh shit, here they are. So I was, which was stupid. I was literally like running down that mountain. Yeah. I wanted an elk bad and I was running, I was running and I took a pretty wide swing at him because I didn't want him to see me, but I think they caught the top of my head because I could just see their head and I don't know what they could see in me, but they're all looking at me and a bunch of them ran off and I was like, gosh, you know, that's, that's it. 
And then there was three other ones and they saw me too. And they started around and I hit that cow call and I froze them up for a long time. Yeah. But yeah. Cause what we learned about cow call was like, if you kind of make any movement or, and you want to cover like movement or sound, like hit that cow call and it kind of makes them just think another elk there or something. So, yeah. And it worked too. I mean, there, there's, I don't know, there's probably three of them. I don't know what you could see from there, but they're all <clears throat> looking at me and it would have been a 200 yard shot. And I was kind of, I was really stuck behind like three bushes and they, you know, I thought they could see me whether they could or not. I'm not sure, but the bushes didn't have much on them because it was pretty snowy up there where I was at. And I don't know. I just couldn't get a shot. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how it ended. Yeah. And you know, by the time, For the day anyways. Yeah. And by the time you got down and that's something we talk about next, but like, so I did have an inReach mini and, but Tyler didn't have everything. We were split up at this point. And the thing is before the trip, we thought there's no way we're going to be separated from each other. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't have one. Ethan did. And, you know, it was one of those things I was like, well, Ty's wearing blaze orange. I should be able to see him, you know? And then I was like, kind of watch him come down the mountain. Well, I didn't see him the rest of the day. So I was like, okay, I'm sure something bad didn't happen to him. I hope not. But like, for all we know, you could have rolled an ankle, been sitting like there at the same spot at, from 11 o'clock in the morning. We wouldn't be able yeah. to do anything, you know? Cause you were running all over that mountain. I was all over it too. And I went to be able to see you and it would have took me forever to find you. So I think, you know, looking back on it and you do have a Zolio now, which yeah. you bought in hindsight. That's, I mean, buy it bought I, now. That's the first thing I bought. I yeah. bought it, what, a week after we got back? Yep. And it was one of those things like, I wish that Ty and I would have been able to communicate. Like I could have said, I'm like, Hey, what's up? Or you all right? You know, or you could have texted me and said, Hey, I'm okay. You know, or mm-hmm. I could text vice versa. Cause like, I got a little worried cause it was like about pitch dark and I go, I was like, I don't even see a headlamp. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like, you know, I got kind of worried pretty quick. I didn't realize that in the moment. And I'm sure you didn't realize that in the moment, but when the time came, it like started to get. Yeah. Like when we first split up, I was not thinking about like how we were going to get back together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something to learn from this trip too. But I mean, eventually I think it took me an hour from where I last saw those elk took me an hour to get down and back to where you were. Yeah. And I remember I saw your, or I was coming after you and I thought you saw me, but maybe you didn't, but all of a sudden you started shouting my name. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And, and you were like already walking off to go look after me. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh shit. I was about ready to like, be like, okay, like Ty, something happened to Ty, you know, but. And I think I got back and I think the first thing Ethan said to me was like, dude, you need to get an inReach or something. Yeah. That was like one of the first things It's like, I know like, cause in your mind, all you think about was like, fuck, I, you know, shit, I should have took this shot or I should have took this shot or yeah. I should have did this wrong. Right. You know, and like yep. all you're thinking about was like previously, like what you did hunting wrong. But I was like, okay, like let's take a step back here. And I was like, what if you would have been up on that mountain and I went to be able to find you and, you know, lucky enough, it wasn't like super bad weather, but it would have been a cold night for you to spend up there if I didn't find you. Yeah, it would have. It would have been really, really cold. But so, I mean, it all worked out. But to anyone, you know, going on their first trip, that is something both everyone who's going needs to have. I yeah, feel. I, yeah, everyone. I don't. Yeah, you just can't rely on one person to buy it. And 
I mean, you just clip it on your bag and that's it. Yeah. It's one of those things like, you know, yeah, it's one of those purchases that suck to use, suck to buy because it's like, I didn't enjoy buying because I don't use it every day. It's not as fun as a gun or, you know, or new binoculars or something. Yeah, it isn't. But like, but when it came down to like texting, because I texted like, I texted Ty's like parents and his girlfriend. I texted my parents and my girlfriend every night and we told them we were okay. Yeah. Where if we would have do otherwise, we'd have drive 45 minutes. So probably what, you know, if you would have averaged it by the time, if we would have been driving every night, by the time you would have saved on fuel, you already been halfway to buying one. Oh yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's one of those things I think like looking back on it, it was pretty stupid because there's a lot of stuff that could have went wrong for both of us, you know? Definitely. That could have been, that could have been pretty scary. I'll say it, you yeah. know? I mean, looking back at, like I said, the stuff I was climbing, I mean, you should have seen it, Ethan. It was, some of it was literally straight up. I mean, some of it, there was one spot where it was probably, I don't know, it was probably 25 foot up, but I'm like, whatever, I'll do it. I, I got halfway up and I started sliding back down Yeah, because I couldn't get a foothold. It was that steep. Well, the, yeah, you know, to that point, you know, like one of the things that's probably the most scary and I don't know if you agree with me, but it's like you were tired at the end of the day. Yeah. And all you want to do is get off that mountain and you're kind of hauling ass down. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes I think it's more dangerous. It's a lot more dangerous to go downhill. Yeah. Because all it does is take one step and you fall or you you know, you're on a loose rock or this and that. So. And like you said, I was in a mindset where it's like, oh, I should have done this right. Or I should have done this different. And I was being really, really careless about how I was getting yep. off of that mountain. And probably a good thing you had trekking poles is could yep. end up a lot different too. You know, if you didn't have something like that to support you. Yeah, definitely. All in all, it was a good trip. I'm super happy I went. Um, you know, Ty's been... I'll let you speak to it, but you've been hunting water for all your life and you're like, damn, that was like one of the most fun hunting I've ever had, you know? Yeah. I'll always, I'll always love, love, love my waterfowl hunting, but that was a lot of fun too. Yeah. That I was mean, so much fun. It was like totally different experience. Like something, you know, Ty and I watched on TV for years and you hear people talk about it and like, just to be able to go out and do it. It was like, you know, I wanted there to be a fifth day, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted there to be the 10th day. I like, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I look back and I'm like, God, I missed that. Or I missed just sleeping in that wall tent and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. It was just, I feel the same way. It was simple. It was like, it was one of those, and you know, we, you know, living close to good hunting, which we do, you know, like goose hunting or whitetail hunting. We wake up in the morning we might go hunt for a couple hours or might go hunt, you know, some of the afternoon, but we never actually really dedicate like a full day just to hunting, you know? Yeah. And it goes by quick and it went by quick, but it was like, I loved waking up and I was like, I don't got anything to do but hunt today. Yep. Cause I mean, like, I know like when you're at home, it's like, you got to think of everything else you're doing sometimes when you're in the tree stand. Yeah. And you're not even thinking about hunting. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I guess one thing we'll wrap up on, let's, we'll wrap up on some gear talk, I guess. Okay. You want to go on like some gear that you were happy you bought, maybe some stuff you didn't want to buy or stuff you wish you would have had. Yeah. So start off, obviously we already said this, uh, I got a Zolio. Ethan's got an inReach. So just some form of satellite communication device. Wish I would have bought it. Um, something I wish I would have swapped out is I had the Hudson and I don't have it anymore. I bought a Jetstream, which saved me some money at the same time, you know, selling one and buying another, but yep. saved me some money. And I, I really wish I had that because it's lighter, takes up less space. Um, I wish I, I kind of wish I had my own jet boil. That's something I would have liked to have. Um, 
maybe some, you know, you had some leather gloves for hiking. I would have probably like something like that just for lighter hiking because my hands got pretty banged up, you know, hiking through some of that stuff. But, and you did have mitts, but they got too hot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Glassing, it was great. I mean, even glassing your hands got a little cold in those mitts, but hiking, I mean, you heated out of those things in the first five minutes. So, yeah. uh, one of my favorite pieces, and it was probably one of the more expensive ones, was those first light foundry pants. Oh, yes. Yep. And I, we bought them because Ty and I bought the same ones. And because we were both looking at them. And well, one of the big reasons you bought them, Ty, was because they actually had like your tall, skinnier guy. Yeah. And they had a size for you. Yes. And I wanted them because I was like, well, they got all these features. And we were both kind of like, damn, that's a lot of money spent on a pair of pants. Yeah, like, it was. All my pants in my house that I wear like for casual wear, like I think that the cost of one pair of those pants, you know, <laughs> yeah. you put it like that. But, you know, those had those hips, those hip zips or whatever all the way down. I did that, used that a couple of times to dump heat when we were hiking. Um, knee pad. I mean, I never got wet from the snow because we mm-hmm. were in snow and kneeling around in snow. I mean, we were on rocks and this and that. This had knee pads. I didn't feel the knee pads when I was hiking. And actually, I loved the suspenders that came with them. Yeah, you wore the suspenders. Yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, having a belt, you could feel it like under the um, belt of your pack. but. Yep. The suspenders, obviously, you can't feel any of that. Yep. And then, I mean, we sat on snow sometimes. Yep. My butt wasn't wet at all. Never. So, I mean, that was a huge thing to us because, like, first way you get cold is you get wet. Yeah. So, like, the first light found you. I loved having those. Um, Brought a spotting scope, which I didn't bring that because we didn't need it for cow elk because we weren't really judging anything. I was pretty happy with, like, most of my gear. I'll say our Danner boots, I felt like held up really well. Yeah. You know, like the, we read some reviews about those and yeah, there are lower end like hiking boots, but they're like, it was like, oh, it won't last a whole elk trip. I mean, we were going up some pretty gnarly shit, mm-hmm. I thought. Oh, and boot gaiters. Absolutely loved the boot gaiters. Yeah. And you bought some cheaper ones. Yep. I bought some more expensive ones. Yep. And we didn't, and I think they both did really well. Yeah. I think the only real test where mine might have stood up better and we didn't even get to test this would be if we were going through really deep snow. Yes. But, you know, is it really worth, you know, that extra 60 or 70 bucks I spent on mine? Yeah. Probably not for what you did, you know? Yep. And I think we should do a comparison video because Tyler did, you know, he went cheaper on some gear and I went a little more expensive, but I don't know. They seemed like we both got it done at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? I mean, we both went elk hunting. And, you know, one thing I'll say, I loved my Mystery Ranch pack. Yes, I love that too. It was so, great. I never, I don't know about you, but I never really felt sore at all from having it on. I didn't either. And I've wore that cheap pack that I was borrowed from you. And I felt sore after the first day just hiking around here. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I felt pretty good there. I felt like all of our gear is pretty good. You know, and we did it, did it fairly cheap for all the gear we had. Like our camp setup wasn't really that elegant. You know, um, one thing I did, like I liked my tripod, um, since it did have like legs that folded at different angles. Yeah. So, I, and I wish I would have had something like that too. Yeah. I mean, like we've glassed around here and you're kind of on a leveler surface and you're able to like kind of set it up right. But when we were on the mountainside, I think you kind of had trouble getting it set up in a comfortable position, right? Yeah. And were, one, you, were you able to have your back set up good and also glass? So, and once I had it set up, it's like you better be looking at that same spot for a while because it was kind of, you know, it's kind of a sucker to go to a different spot and set it up again. Yeah. But, you know, like, I think there's a lot of gear that I'm going to have from this hunt that I'm going to take into the next hunt. Yeah. For our next hunt. So, 
And, you know, maybe we can go either another podcast, you know, like diving deeper into that, you know, yep. what we, what we think we would bring to the next hunt or something, you know, like really dive into some gear or write a blog about it. One of the two, you know? Yeah. I think one thing I wish I would have had is maybe a different way to filter water out. Yeah. I would have brought. Cause we did, we actually did get pretty thirsty. I think we only brought like, I think one day I only brought one Nalgene mm-hmm. and we ran out of that pretty quick. I, you know, you don't think you're going to drink that much water, but after hiking all day and then a little bit of cooking, you're like, damn, I'm almost out of water. So. Yeah. And which I brought two and thank goodness I did. Cause I, I think we drank between the both of us. We drank all of that water. Yeah. The first day. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things I think like, I don't think you're ever going to be really repaired, prepared for one of these hunts. No. I think the only way you get prepared is by going on these hunts yep. and learning from hunt to hunt. So, I mean, I'm going to say for this, we just, Tyler and I both just drew these Idaho mule deer tags. Yep. And I feel more prepared than I do already. And just cause we went on one hunt, you know? Yeah. I feel, I feel very prepared. I mean, it's just, once you have all the gear and that first trip, I mean, I mean, we don't totally have it figured out, but no. you know, I think we, that yeah. experience alone, you know, you know, we have some of it figured out now. And I think it's one of those things. It's like, we have what figured out what you can't really put in words, I guess that makes sense. And I think it does make sense. Somebody who's done it, you know, and it's really only something you can learn from experience and doing. Yeah. Cause when they say there's nothing that will train you for the mountains, I mean, given we're from Iowa, but unless you're like live in the mountains and you can train on the mountains. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to train you for that. No, no way. But super great experience and wish I was back doing it now. Yeah. I still wish I was there. Yeah. I could probably, you know, be there for a month and not get sick of it. Living in a wall tent even. Yeah. Living in a wall tent was fun. Um, yeah. You know, it was one of those things like Ty and I really good friends and I don't know. I thought it really tested like, both our friendship, just being around each other all the time. And like, mm-hmm. I think it really spoke to having a good hunting partner, you know, like the guy who's willing to go to the next ridge, the guy who's willing to get up early and, you know, hunt till hunt right away, you know, or hunt till dark. I think, mm-hmm. you know, having a hunt partner like that was just really nice. And, and I think it really, you know, almost in a sense that it's like we proved each other's worth to each other. Not yeah. saying that, but you know, kind of, maybe, you know what I mean? It's just like, the whole time I was like, you know, wow, Ethan's really, you know, dedicated to all this, you know, not one time did I think you weren't having a good time, even though we asked each other all the time, yeah. but you know. Yeah. It's one of those things I think, you know, and I told Ty this too, it's like, you know, people go to Mexico to have fun and like stay in the resort. I was like, you know, after doing this is like, it's kind of all I want to do right now. It's like, yeah, it's like, it was hard. And there's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to lie. Some of it sucked. Yeah. Some of it did suck. But like once you got those glassy points or once like I saw a tide chasing those elk around or once we found them, it was like, it made the whole trip worth it. You know, or yeah. just a little talks we had at camp and I don't know, just stuff you don't get to experience, you know, when you're down to a five-star resort or whatever. Yeah. Like I said, that third day, you know, we didn't even see anything all day. Yeah. That was my favorite day. Cause I think, you know, we were sitting up on you know, that little hill glassing, you know, we're just being buddies, you know, just bullshitting and joking, joking with each other, laughing at stuff that I probably would never laugh at otherwise, just cause we were so beat and, you know, we're just out there having a good time. And that day really tested our grit, you know, like we were still getting after it. We were staying until dark and we had our eyes on the prize, you know, until the last, you know, last minute of daylight, you know, so, but 
kind of all I got. You got anything else to wrap this up, Ty? No. And that's, I mean, that's it for the elk trip. Yeah, that's it for the elk trip. Like Ty said, I think we're going to have some stuff coming out about gear. Just us going over our gear list, maybe a little more in depth and kind of give people a little more, you know, do's and don'ts and what's worth it and what's not. But yep. And another thing I'll say, um, just as far as the podcast, hopefully we'll get on back onto a regular schedule now that I'm done with school and yeah, Ty's done with school. So we're able to hopefully get some more guests kind of aligning schedules a little more easier. So, yep. So look out for podcasts, new blog posts. Yep. Um, check our Instagram and Facebook. Um, Oh, another thing. Um, my girlfriend just made us a new dusted waterfowl logo. So just, it's a pretty sweet logo. Yeah. Yeah. Just be on the lookout for that. You know, hopefully, hopefully we can get into making more stickers and be able to do a giveaway. I know we've talked about that once in a while, but we just, we just want a little more to offer then. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening guys. Appreciate your time and look forward to what we got coming down. Yeah. Thanks guys. <laughs>